1: I'll hide till it's right out oh just another lonely night are you willing to sacrifice your life they're staying
2: in the shadows it's called probing. Make sure things are all clear.
0: here for water. For the rest of the world. You guys hear that? Okay, I'll reload it! Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and I am really glad that you're here. And I'm really glad to be here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me for the show, go ahead and email me at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. I don't care what the stories are. It can be Bigfoot, UFOs, aliens, ghosts, government conspiracy, dog man. doesn't matter what it is. But if you've had an encounter story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. Also, I want to remind you guys that we're going to be doing that show, Get to Know the Host. So if you have any questions that you'd like to ask me for the show, go ahead and shoot me an email with those questions as well. Tonight, we have a great show coming up. David is coming on the show. He wants to share some of his paranormal experiences he's had throughout his life. So without any further delay, let's get to David. Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on, David. David has actually contacted me through email a while back and we were chatting back and forth and stuff and it's great to have you on tonight David how are you?
2: Hey Tony doing doing really good thanks for uh, having me on.
0: Absolutely man uh, David are you um are you a professor I believe that's what you said to me at one point or you teach at a college or something like that?
2: No I, yeah I'm not a professor um at all <laughs> <laughs> um no I uh so uh well I have, I have a podcast um called Jew and Gentile show it's on Jew and Gentile Jew and Gentile radio um, and so uh, people can, you know, it's on iTunes, all the other platforms, but, um, I teach along with Aaron Marshall, um, at UNCW, it's University of North Carolina, Wilmington. We're not, not at the school, but we teach on campus and off campus. And so we teach, um, apologetics, which is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a greek word apologia, which means to, to give it a sense and what we get to give a defense for is Christianity. And, um, I'm, my name's, you know, I'm a Jew. Um, uh, David Halevi, that's, you know, that's my name, which just means the Levite Halevi, the Levy. But, um, but I believe that Jesus is the uh, Messiah, the Jewish Messiah. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's most people on the, on the planet don't believe that. Um, and so, but, uh, you know, one of our, uh, one of the writers in the New Testament, his name was Peter. And, um, he said that we should always have a be able to give a defense for the hope that's within us. So we teach things that, um, a lot of philosophical things. So, you know, um, what is truth? How do you know what, when something is true or false? Um, we teach, um, a lot of, um, philosophical arguments for God. So just, general theism so how do you know there is a god how how can we know that god exists um logical thinking we 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 teach critical thinking skills so no i'm not a professor but um uh been studying this stuff for a long time i went to uh, institute of jewish studies in philadelphia uh kind of near neck of the woods and then um and i went to bible school and 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 that kind of thing so yeah
0: okay that's really that's really cool now uh, with you saying all that, is there any way people could contact you if they have questions? Because you know you just gave a great resume, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that might you know want to ask you a few questions along those lines.
2: Oh sure, yeah. So um, they can they can go to Facebook, Jew and Gentile, uh, Jew and Gentile Show. Um, they can reach me at Jew and Gentile Podcast at gmail.com. That's Jew and Gentile at gmail.com. Or they can tweet at us at Uh, Jew Gentile. So that's at Jew Gentile.
0: Awesome. That's great to know because, you know, with all that you just laid down there and stuff, I'm sure there's people out there like, well, maybe he'd be a good person to ask a question I've been wondering for years. So that's great to know. Uh, Now, bringing you on tonight, you know, you have some experiences that you wanted to share that you experienced as a kid. And then later on in life, uh, you experienced some other things. I know one of the things that you experienced later on in life, last time we talked on the phone, you, I believe you said it happened like six months ago or something like that. Um, not Talk about this in the pre-interview, but I definitely want you to share that with the audience tonight. Uh, but why don't you start with, uh, you know, what happened to you as a kid?
2: Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, um, my father, uh, was, um, he was, uh, a postman. And, uh, part, you know, that's what he did for his full-time job. He was a mailman. And, um, you know, our family's Jewish, but, you know, we believe uh, in Christian beliefs, we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So um, he was also involved in ministry. Um, And so he he taught a local church, congregation, and taught Bible studies, that kind of thing. And so I, uh, having said all that, our home life was actually very, very bad. Um... Parents fought a lot. Um there was um just violence in the home. And so I uh, felt very alone as a kid a lot of the time. Um, you know, my brother and I we we were uh we're still, you know, uh, thick as thieves, I guess you could say. We're we're really good friends and, and we're just always really, really tight as kids. Um the reason I'm saying all that is because there was always a battle in my mind trying to reconcile the things I saw uh, my father doing. Um, and he wasn't a, he was an evil person, but just a violent individual, um, didn't treat, treat my mother well. Um, and I saw that and thought, man, what a hypocrite, like, like how, how can you preach one thing one day and then come around home and then treat your family, you know, the way you treat them or treat my mother, the way you treat, treat her, you know? And so I actually went to bed most nights as a kid, uh, as long as I can remember. I mean, I, I uh, early childhood, four or five years old, up through, you know, high school, um, thinking, you know, why, if God is so good, why does the devil always win? That's what I always went to bed thinking, you know, and I would, I would pray to God and then I would, you know, um, ask for peace in my life and all these things. But, um, I just had a, I was always just, I just had huge doubts in my mind. I thought, man, if this is true, why, why is it? so terrible i mean why is our life so terrible if if god is supposed to bring peace into your life you know like it just didn't make any sense to me and so that's all background because uh, when i was 10 years old me and my brother shared a room and i'm lying in bed i was asleep and i woke up just out of a dead sleep there's no doubt in my mind i was totally awake and i sat up in my bed i was on the top bunk we had bunk beds and I look over to my left and there's a man standing in my room, I mean, right next to my bed and, uh, had a collared shirt on, oh, wow. had a beard. I was kind of described him kind of like Jack Nicholas, like the golfer, but with the beard, <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. um, very, very, not scary, not scary looking. Okay. I was frightened, but as anybody would be with some stranger in their room, right? And he looked at me very intently, and it's weird because the room was dark, but he was not dark. So it's not like he was producing light, but I could see him well. I don't know how to describe that, but um, it wasn't necessarily luminescent, but I could see him even though there was no light in the room. Okay, it's no lights are on. And uh, he looked at me, and he said, David, don't talk to God. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just trying to take, I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. You know, I just, I'm frightened, very scared. Uh, And then he he looks at me, didn't stop looking at me, but it's almost like he reintently looked at me again and said, David, do not talk to God anymore. And he disappeared. And that was it. And I'm awake. You know, this is not me dreaming I wake up. No, I'm awake the whole time. He disappears from in front of me. And um I get a, I, I probably laid there or sat there for a good twenty, thirty minutes before I was had shaken the fright off of me enough to get up out of bed, go wake my mother up. Okay, tell her uh I'm I'm just very scared, I'm sweating, and and she says, What happened? What happened? And I told her what happened and she said well, what, you know, what did he say? And I said, I told her what he, what he said. And she said, well, what do you think you should do? And I said, I think I should still talk to God. I think I should still, still pray and talk to God. And she said, I think so too. She said, the next time that happens, um, next time anything scary happens like that, you just say, in the name of Jesus, go away. Or, or leave me alone, or, or whatever the circumstance. But but say in the name of Jesus, because she said I believe that a demon has come and tried to talk to you, or was talking to you, and they're trying to scare you. They're trying to, to prevent you from whatever it is. You know, they're trying to control you. And said so I said okay. So this began a series of of events that probably over the next a few months and um the next thing that happened was um i had wa- we had watched um jfk that uh i can't remember the filmmaker's name but um jfk came out and and uh kevin costner was in it and it was on tv and it, it was just this i don't know why why it freaked me out but it was just scary to me for some reason there was footage of you know john f kennedy being assassinated right and, um so that night i went to bed and um, I woke up, same thing, except I didn't see anything initially, but I heard a horse galloping towards me, and I'm wide awake. I'm wide awake. I'm not dreaming. I'm. Wide, I hear a, a, as if as if a horse is is galloping or or trotting on. Well, I guess it's more of a trot on like a cobblestone street. So like a clop 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 clop, clop like that, right? And, um, it gets getting louder and louder and closer and closer and closer. And then a figure starts to appear in my room. Um, it was, a—I I never saw the face, but it was a dressed dressed in a blue suit, blue top hat. And immediately I just remember what my mother told me because I'm wide awake. This is not a dream. I can't emphasize that enough. And I just thought, whatever this is, hello, it's not good, you know? Um, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, go away in the name of Jesus, you know, and I'm, it was started very quiet. I mean, my, my throat was just about seized up. I couldn't talk so incredibly frightened. And then, uh, and finally it just, I, the, 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 the sound of the horse went away and the figure just backed into the darkness of my room. And, uh. And that was it. I you know ran to my mom again, told her what happened. Um, And so um, those are the two when I was a kid visual, I guess you could say, um, experiences that I had uh, with what I believe to be demonic realm. Um, And I can go into more of that about about that later. Um, So um, I believe you know this is a time in my life when I was really struggling with what to believe, okay? Now, I always believed that, you know, being a Jew, the Bible was true, but a lot of times you just inherit beliefs from your parents. And so at some point in your life, those beliefs have to either become your beliefs um, or you toss them aside and say, no, that's that's I don't believe that to be true. So uh, because the reality is, is, is the truth is discovered. Truth isn't what we make it to be. Just because you believe something doesn't make it be, to be true, just because you want something to be true, your desire something to be true doesn't make it true. Truth is independent of how you feel about it it 's just the story of reality is what truth is, and truth all truth is discovered, so at some point, you have to discover truth for yourself and uh, you know a small example would be that um, you know Isaac Newton didn't invent gravity; he discovered gravity. Gravity existed before he discovered it, okay? And if you stop believing in gravity, does that mean you float away? No, of course not. Gravity is, it is a truth. Whether you believe it or not, you're affected by it. And that's how all truth is. And so at that period of my life, I was really questioning, not even whether whether things were true, but just the consistency of what people were telling me were true, which I thought, factually were true. That is, if the Bible was true, that there was a person named Jesus, that he was the the perfect Jew sent, you know, into the world to save the world and reconcile God back to re- reconcile the world back to back to himself, back to God. But, you know, that's all fine and dandy within your head, but when it's lived out in front of you in a way that is just so the opposite of what it should be. Um, that's where I was. And I think you know, um, without verbalizing it, I think that the adversary of God, also known as uh, Lucifer or Satan, however you want to say it, um, he he is intent, you know, on making people stray from uh, the uh, umbrella of God, if you will. That is, he, he does not want you to believe in God. He doesn't want you to believe that this person Jesus existed, that that um because he's he's called the adversary for a reason he's he's the antithesis the adversary of god and so he uses uh demonic influence he uses you know um fallen angel influence to direct people away from the truth and i i think that's what was happening to me i think that i was getting oppressed in a certain way uh for whatever reason i don't know i mean if anything it just drove me towards the b- belief and and reliance on God to protect me. So, um, for whatever reason though, that, that, those, those two things happened. Um, I also think that later in life, it's helped me talk to people who've had similar circumstances or, or visitations or encounters, if you will, um, to to try to work through them and say, Hey, you know, I think, you know, this is perhaps what happened, you know, and, and try to get them some peace and understanding about what happened. So, when I was a kid, those were, those were two, two of the things that, that stick out the most. There was other times where I felt oppression, where I would wake up in cold sweats and, and feel like there was a, a demonic presence in the room. Um, and that's one thing that stayed with me. Whenever there's a feeling that I, that I when I say feeling, like there was a presence accompanying those two um, encounters that I have felt multiple times throughout my life that's the same every single time. And it's like I know the presence of evil is near me it It's almost like a like when you smell chocolate cake, you know what chocolate cake smells like. you
0: know what I mean absolutely, absolutely. well, before we go any further, let me ask you, uh yeah, when this demonic entity is there and it's speaking to you and tells you don't talk to God anymore uh I want to ask you this question this is like a theoretical question that uh I often think about and I've never really asked anybody this question before. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Do you think the whole purpose behind that could be that somehow, you know, the enemy knew your potential in life and what kind of direction you could go and they were trying to deter you from that? I mean, basically negating the effect that you could have had, that you you were going to have on people's lives later on in life by trying to get you when you're young and telling you not to talk to God, um, you know, because basically my thought behind that is, you know, could, all right. So Satan, Lucifer, as you mentioned earlier, uh, has been around a long time. He's been around a really long time. And yeah, sometimes I wonder, does he see traits in children that are similar to traits in other people who grew up to do certain things in life for, for God? Is there is there but is there triggers that that he can identify in kids as they're young and be like I need to deter this kid while he's young so that he will not mm-hmm. turn into what you know for lack of better names Billy Graham turned into most people know who that is so sure. <laughs> um right so right. I you know I ask you that question do you think that's a possibility because that I mean I don't know if that's necessarily saying they know the future because right? I don't think that's necessarily that's what that's saying I think it's more identifying traits in people and knowing that those certain traits usually turn into certain things does that make sense at all
2: yeah it does that's a good that's a really good question and i think it, there's there's kind of different facets of an answer i guess I, I, that come to my mind one is um and, and it's funny cuz i was just reading something um uh, uh, earlier today regarding this but um Throughout throughout Scripture, um, you see God actually uses sometimes um, the enemy to direct his people in a certain direction. So this is probably the most obvious case is Job. Okay, so God allows um, the Satan, which means the adversary, whether or not it's Lucifer or not, no one really knows. But it's basically... You know, an adversary of God to come into Job's life and disrupt it through demonic influence, if you will. And demonic is a whole other you know term that we can talk about or whatever. But um, so the other thing is with Paul. Paul is is when when he is caught up to the third heaven is in the New Testament writings. Um, afterwards, he talks about it. I think it's in Second Corinthians in his epistles to the Corinthians about how he boasts in his affliction. And he, and, he, and he talks about after his, he was caught up to the third heaven, that is, his, he, he, he goes and basically to heaven and meets, meets with God. Whether in the body or out of the body, he said he doesn't know. But after that, he is sent a thorn in the flesh from the devil to afflict him. By whom? By God. And the reason being so that he boasts in, it's basically to keep him humble. Um, So that's one, one kind of a theological way I guess you could look at it is sometimes God uses the enemy to direct people back towards Him and to keep them on track. I don't know if that's what was happening, but the other answer I would have is when I think about your question, like like I said, it was a good question. Is although Satan doesn't know the future, he does know God's plan for the future because God's told everybody. So biblically speaking, um. You know, God uses the Jewish people in a very specific way. And so he separates them out of the nation of Israel in order to bring the Messiah through them so that through the death of the Messiah, the whole world, the whole Gentile world, is brought back to him under one roof, if you will, okay? And so Jewish people, like myself, who also are believers in the Messiah— I I think are just even a greater target for the devil because you know God uses Jewish believers that I believe in scripture it's very clear all the apostles were were Jews the whole New early church were, was Jewish um and everyone knows that <laughs> the Jewish people have been the target of Satan from the beginning I mean wh- whether you're even believing God or not it's obvious to see that the Jews there's some kind of hatred for the Jews that goes beyond every rational explanation. And so I I, I just personally think that, um, I believe this to be true. It's just not my, it is my opinion, but I believe it's based on, you know, some, some objective facts that, that Satan just hates the Jewish people. And so he really hates Jews that believe in Jesus, um, which I'm, I'm one of. And, and at that point in my life, you know, I wasn't really. You know, I knew the facts, but I hadn't really put my trust in it. i put, I hadn't put my trust in the science. So, I think you're you, you definitely have a good point that he he certainly may try to get people at a certain age based upon he knows where the plan is going. He's trying to disrupt that plan, God, and so he's going to do everything he can um, to do that. Yeah. And people who aren't seeking, you know, kids that aren't seeking that you know, you know, you know. Pretty, I mean, you can put 10 kids in a room and realize real quick which kids are, are thoughtful and, and care about other people and which kids just want to disrupt and misbehave and, and don't care about that kind of stuff. So I, mean, I don't think it's any different from the supernatural realm if you're looking at individuals to see which ones are going to be the troublemakers as far as um, not on your side or on your side, if that makes sense.
0: So. Absolutely. And what you, what you said a few minutes ago, you know, about how God allows certain things to happen, maybe to keep you on the right path. You know, maybe that maybe that's something that was going on. I mean, you said about how, you know, your home life was very hypocritical. And, you know, being in that environment, you know, could easily turn somebody into the product of their environment. And so maybe Mm -hmm. something telling you it's some kind of entity coming to you and saying, don't talk to God, which is directly against your nature. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. just a push in the right direction for you to be like, uh. I know that's a lie. So I'm going to go the right. opposite, complete opposite direction of that.
2: Yeah. Well, that actually makes, I mean, you know, my creator knows me well and I'm the most stubborn person on the planet. If someone tells me not to do something, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm just going like, to okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do that now. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's, yeah.
0: it's stuff. Well, I mean, the description that you gave earlier with the hat and everything, have you ever yeah. heard the people talking about the hat man? No. Okay. So there's people, there's a lot of people, and obviously there's a lot of people, they call him the hat man, but there's a lot of people out there that talk about seeing a shadow entity that doesn't have a face, but you can tell it's wearing like a lot of times it's Victorian clothing or a long trench coat with like a either a top hat or some kind of fedora but it's its character where it's like either it, he usually comes to children and he is either usually peaceful and a child is not like feeling threatened at all or he's extremely uh scary and the kid has a horrifying experience but uh-huh. it's a common description where they say that he's a shadow figure that has a top hat. And I actually first heard about this whole Hatman thing on another podcast called into the fray with Shannon Legros And I heard this show that she did and I was talking to my wife about it. We were driving to Jersey. We had like an hour and a half drive and I started talking to her about it right away. And we sat down in the car and so I turned on the show to let her hear it. And I look over and her face is just like horrified. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like she's getting scared. So I, I turned it off and I asked her, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. It's just what they're talking about. I saw as a kid, and I was really? like, I was like, we've been married for almost ten years, you're just telling me this now. You know, <laughs> like what is what, yeah. what is this?" And so she she proceeded to tell me a story of when she was a little girl and she was sick at home, and uh, her mom left to go get more medicine from the store. and She's by herself, and she saw this shadow figure entity in her house, in the, standing in a doorway, and the only thing she could do was hide her under the covers. Uh, but she was terrified and, um, you know, she, we actually did a show, I think it was like episode three. Uh, we did a show on it where I had her on and we talked about it. And, uh, you know, I just, when you said that, it just reminded me of that, that common, you know, story that a lot of people share about the hat man. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that these, uh, entities, a lot of them are demonic. And so, you know, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if multiple people are seeing the same thing in various locations.
2: Yeah. Well, I got chills. That's crazy. You know, and, and, um, it's something that it's extremely frightening. I mean, even as an adult, I think back and it's scary, you know, and, uh, I, you know, I pray over my kids every night, um, that, that, you know, I pray protection over them that God would keep evil from them. And, uh, I think it's extremely important. And I have, Look, I know most of your, you know, some of your, many of your listeners, you know, are probably going, oh, whatever, you know, this guy's really just a or whatever, <laughs> uh, which is fine. I understand that. Um, but I, I would just say, you know, um, that, you know, when it comes down to it, you have to ask yourself some questions. And some of those questions would be, okay, you know, if if you have seen something like this, I guess there's enough people, I always kind of go back to Bigfoot, if, if you will, like Sasquatch, you know, there's enough people out there, you can't discredit all of their, you know, there's something going on, okay? Right. There's some entity out there running around the woods. We don't know what it is. You know, we we can discuss it all we want or whatever. Um, but, you know, some, something is happening, okay? So people around the world, um, as far as these, these kinds of circumstances, like the hat man, okay, they're, they're seeing something. It's It's, it's consistent somewhat consistent all over the world, different age groups, different kinds of people seeing it. Okay. And I guess my point is it's not physical. This is not materialism. Okay. There are, there is something beyond the physical world. And so the next logical question is, okay, well then what is beyond the, the physical world? And so then you, then it gets into, okay, of all of the world views out there, what best explains this phenomenon? I mean, what, what supernatural entity cares whether i talk to god or not you know what i mean <laughs> right. so uh it it's just you know my logical conclusion is that that these are um demonic these are demonic influences and 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 i also think that the supernatural realm is it's much greater and much deeper and much more i want to say real because i i believe that we're created to be physical beings but you know, even as individuals, we're two, we're, we're two spiritual, one part physical. We have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. So two thirds of our being are spiritual and just one third is physical. So, uh, there's a whole realm out there that I think is very dangerous to seek out, but at the same time, when it does affect you as an individual, you're going to want to have some answers, you know, and, and, and I, and, 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 All I know is every time I've had uh, an an encounter like those or that presence of evil, when I say the name Jesus the Messiah, it flees. And that is one name under heaven where all darkness flees, um, which is very powerful. And uh, and I, I encourage anybody, you know, that whether you believe in Christianity or not, it's the name of Jesus the Messiah carries with it great weight and great power whether or not you ascribe him to be who he says he was or not so
0: right and i often say this and i'll say it again a lot of times what people call paranormal i call supernatural like that's where I, right. that, that's how i approach my show because there's a lot of people that i talk to that we may not agree totally on you know the source of what they're experiencing but we both sure. obviously they agree but i absolutely agree and i believe them they they're seeing something they're experiencing these things it's just we define it differently and uh yeah. you know I, I don't know like do you think that there has been or and then we're getting into co- you know cover up and stuff so i i don't know you know what your thoughts are on this but do you think to some extent there has been a conscious effort to uh direct Culture and society away from the acknowledgement of there being a a a soul and a spirit makeup of our bodies, you know the the two thirds, the the other two thirds of what we're made up of. I mean, what you said there is a very foreign idea and concept to so many people. They're like, "What do you mean? We're sure I I heard that we're seventy five percent water. What are you talking about?" And so, (laughs) exactly. So, I mean, uh, do you think? to a certain extent there has been an effort to move our consciousness away from the reality of what we're truly made up of.
2: Oh, without question, without question. Um, I wouldn't put it on a level as like, you know, conspiracy theory, like, you know, uh, for, for like JFK assassination, back, go back to that example, right. right? There's so many theories on that conspiracy theory. And there's been cover-up. I think it's a question, there's been cover-ups regarding that. But um, the reality is, is that the, the, the line that's propagated by all, all uh, public school and, um, and science, that is uh, mainline science, is materialism. Uh, some, or the other side of the coin is naturalism, which basically says that we are merely molecules in motion. And as, as Richard Dawkins says, famous atheist, uh, you know, biologist, We're just molecules in motion and we all just dance to our DNA. That is, there's no difference between you and the ant that you accidentally stepped on on the way to work. There's zero difference. It's just that somehow you ended up being molecules in motion that make you a human being or what we would describe as a human being. And then the ant just happened to end up looking like an ant. But even the rock next to the ant that you squashed, there's really no difference between you and the rock. It's just molecular makeup that's it and so that under that worldview which is you know a darwinian evolutionist worldview um there is no room for the supernatural world we are just there is only physical that's it um which philosophically you run into every problem under the sun if that's true because if that's true there's actually no way to prove that that's true because reason and consciousness don't even exist because molecules in motion can't make decisions molecules in motion can't come to conclusions I mean molecules in, lo- in motion don't have the laws of logic to reason out what's true and false because at that level there is no true there is no false there is no wrong there is no right there's no no difference between. Raping a baby for fun and being Mother Teresa, because under the Darwinian evolutionist worldview where materialism is all there is, all we are is molecules in motion, from the zoo to you, if you will, or from amoeba to man, right? There is nothing of consequence. And so once you impart or once you import um, an outside entity that becomes the creator, that. You now have imported morality, and because without an uh, uh, an outside objective source of morality, there is no morality. And so, what the predominant worldview of today is, whether it's the United States or communist China or um, you know communist fascist Russia, if you will, is that materialismism is all there is. And so because of that, the supernatural world can't exist. And so I would say it's just a byproduct, if you will, of the materialistic Darwinian evolutionistic worldview. Um, so is it a cover-up? I, I, don't, I don't think it's a cover-up. But is it absolutely fought against from that perspective of mainline science and mainline political uh, Persuasion, I guess you could say. I would say absolutely.
0: That's a very thorough answer. I I really appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't. I know that sounds corny to say it like that, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I'm getting it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> um, with, with what you said, though, uh, no room for sup- the supernatural realm within the scientific community uh w- when you said that it my mind just went off in a total different direction and i started thinking about uh the 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 um the cern facility uh if people don't uh-huh. know what cern is you can go online and check it out it's you know google it c e r n uh you're you're going to get a lot of different um results you know so you know read through it and watch some YouTube videos and, and, you know, decide for yourself what you think CERN is, but it is a real place. Uh, As far as I understand in a trucker's terms, it's a, some kind of particle accelerator, uh, that is about, I believe 17 miles, uh, in length. It actually is underground, uh, between I believe France and Switzerland. And they do a lot of it's, it's one of the, I think it's the most expensive machine ever built to man. And, uh, Basically, there's a lot of scientists over there doing a lot of different experiences or experiments, but the scientists that are over there are experiencing some things and you're getting some leaked emails coming out. Whether they're authentic or not, I don't know. But you're getting, right. you're, you're getting these emails and notes being leaked out from CERN supposedly that they're opening portals by, doing these, uh-huh. the, the, by smashing these particles together and things are coming through these portals. Now, that's rocking the scientist's worldview because the supernatural is not supposed to exist. What they're literally, if this is true, I I mark all this with if it is true, they're literally experiencing what isn't supposed to exist by their own scientific definition. And so when, you know, put that that in your pipe and smoke it because it it will, (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Talk about rocking you! I mean, it's like if somebody were an atheist and God appears right before him. It's it's literally something like that for a scientist who has these. They they know what they believe. They know what is true, and all of a sudden, everything they know is true is thrown out the window in a very dramatic fashion. Um, Right? I I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people out there know about CERN or not. Um, I've you know done a lot of YouTube videos while I'm driving the truck, kind of thing. But that's kind of how my mind shot off when you said that, because it's, it's true. There, there is no room for the supernatural when you, when you live in the scientific community. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, it, and it
2: comes from, from many centuries of, of philosophical thought that's been affected by guys like David Hume, um, and Immanuel Kant, you know, David Hume, one of his famous, uh, logical, um, I can't remember what they're called. It's like a, I can't remember, but basically he he, he just said the miracles aren't possible. Um, and the reason is because miracles aren't possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of his, because if all there is, miracles aren't possible because all that we, all that we know is natural, only the material world exists. Therefore, the supernatural does not exist. Therefore, mature, therefore miracles aren't possible. So I think mean, any layman can see that that's circular reasoning. But that's how scientists approach things, that, well, no, this can't be true. This, this seemingly supernatural effect or cause can't be true because materialism is true because matter is all there is. And so, yeah, with these certain scientists that I haven't, you've probably done more reading on it than I have, but, um, but yeah, the Hadron Collider and, and, and they smash particles together and see what happens. And this is where we get the Higgs boson and this field of, 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 uh, basically the smallest thing that we know. And, and now they're smashing particles in, and, and it seems like some are escaping into—we don't know. Right. We we're actually losing matter, which goes against um, the first uh, law of, of thermodynamics, which is the conservation of matter. You know, matter is either gained or lost in, in the universal closed system, if you will. So, it's extremely interesting because now, like you said, they are confronted with this reality that they didn't think was possible.
0: Yeah. I just find that stuff interesting. I mean, I, I go all over the place when I'm at work. Obviously, I mean, I drive truck twelve hours a day, so all I have to all I have is time. You know, I just listen to right. tons of podcasts, tons of YouTube videos, and I go all over the place. I sometimes I dabble with, you know, conspiracy theories and CERN and all that stuff, whatever kind of mood I'm in. But uh, you know, I wanted to ask you kind of backtracking here back to your experience when you were yeah. a kid, and then we can kind of fast forward into some other things that you've experienced in life. Uh but when it came to talking to your mom you went into your your mom's room told her what happened she told you how to respond was there any yeah. follow-up with that or did your mom ever just did your mom just kind of let that whole thing go or did you ever go back you know, to her and talk that's about funny
2: it? there was the zero follow-up
1: <laughs> okay
2: there was no follow-up whatsoever um now if and who knows why i mean i can speculate um, If my kids ever had an experience like that, and they told me about it, I would do follow up with them because she might have just thought I had a bad dream, you know. Oh, right. Well, he probably had a bad dream. What do you think? You, okay, go back to bed. I'm I'm tired. I got three kids. I gotta got make breakfast in two hours. You know. So, um, that's about probably what was going through her mind. You know what I mean? So yeah, there was there wasn't any follow up with that.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because I mean I'm the same way. I mean we got our first kid coming this year. And, you know, you think about things like this a lot, you know, and, you know, as it is right now, I walk around my house praying over it. And when I have a kid, I'll probably do it twice, you know, so. Yeah, uh, right. But, uh, you know, if my kid were to come to me and say, Daddy, I, I saw this in my room or, you know, I was outside, you know, a teenager comes home and says, hey, I was walking down the driveway and there was these three huge lights hovering above the house. What was that about? And, you know. Yeah, like for me, and maybe it's because who I am, and obviously I'm I'm uh, paying attention to these kind of things. There there will be tons of follow up, and I would probably want to escort my kids out of the house next time, and all that stuff, you know. And uh, I just I was curious about that because everybody has different responses to these kind of things. Like sometimes parents don't believe. Sometimes parents tell you how to respond, but they don't follow up. Sometimes parents are oversensitive and they push the kid away by keep you know prodding at it and saying you know, asking them questions that the kid doesn't even know and it just scares the kid more. So you know, I was just curious right, about yeah. that. But uh you know, why don't you walk us into some of the other things you've experienced and cause I like, like I said, I know you experienced something recently. I don't know if there's anything in between that you'd like to talk about.
2: Yeah, um no, nothing uh visual or anything like that. I mean I've had I've definitely had, like I said, um what I call like uh oppression um episodes where i woke up at certain periods and um you know my i would just feel totally stuck to my bed like oppressed not sleep paralysis because i could move uh but just the presence of evil was there it's just like it was with me and um and i would just you know i would just say in the name of jesus or in the name you know i'm I'm a jew so we say yeshua but um the name of yeshua you know go away or um uh let uh let how? which is get out of here like go and so um that's happened many times i mean um many times my wife's had that experience um she's had she had a couple of experiences where uh which her brother actually had too in a similar time period where she was alone um uh, we used to live in Pennsylvania um and we we lived in this old house it was uh, from the 1830s or 40s there was actually a double homicide in the house in the 70s um <laughs> that was kinda of creepy yeah but uh but uh one night she was there and then all the windows were opening and open uh not opening that would have been freaky um <laughs> but uh you know it was a it was a you know uh spring night in Pennsylvania really nice and someone was walking around the house whistling and she kept looking out and couldn't see anyone there whistling and but the, someone was just whistling like whistling this tune, and she said it just chilled her to her core. Well, she ended up talking to her brother about this, who was living out in we were living in Bucks county, and they were in, she was living in Westchester at the time and uh and the same thing happened to him, so that's that's just kind of this weird, bizarre thing, and she said it was very just felt very evil and that kind of thing um. So, you know, I don't know, get, you know, take that for what it is. Some kind of, maybe there's a Whistler man out there that I don't know about. You know,
0: yeah, <laughs> and it's, maybe, you know, I don't know. It's so local to me. Um, I'm intrigued.
2: Yeah. Right. But, uh, um, so, but kind of fast forward, um, to, yeah, well now it's been probably, I don't know, maybe eight months ago. Um, but, um, I have a theory and, and. I don't know whether it's true or not. You know, it's totally non-falsifiable, if you will. But uh, it, it it kind of plays into time and time again. the script, Hebrew scriptures talk about uh, God commands the, the Israel, Israelite people not to do any kind of divination. Um, that is trying to contact spirits, not to use witchcraft, not to use sorcery, because these are all things from Lucifer. They're all things from the devil. And so you're actually dealing with things that you have no idea the effect. Um, And so there's a famous story in in the Bible where Saul, King Saul, wants to know what's going to happen in a battle the next day. So he goes outside of Israel proper and finds this um, witch. She's called the Witch of Endor. And he asks her to call up uh, and see what's going to happen. And she ends up calling Samuel, the prophet who's been dead now. Uh, he calls up Samuel, and Samuel—he so he uses a medium, okay, a witch. And Samuel says, "You know what? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Because you do this, you're going to die tomorrow. That's what's going to happen, <laughs> you know." And <laughs> sure enough, Saul and Jonathan die the next day. Saul and his son. So um, that at, at uh, Shan. So that's a place in Israel, Bechan. But that's where they fell in battle. Um, the point being, I think when you start—and this is where I caution myself and I caution other people—when you start researching these kinds of subjects in other words when you start trying to figure out what the enemy is doing the enemy gets pissed they don't like that absolutely and um every time that i've tried to do more research or study this subject um i've only had bad bad things happen like just either uh like like i said before like demonic oppressions or what have you, really bad dreams, extremely scary dreams. Um, so, but this all leads, sorry about the long-windedness, but no, this fine. leads up to: um, I, I started reading Exo Vaticana by Tom Horn and, and Chris Putnam. And unfortunately, Chris Putnam uh, just passed away this year. He's a pretty young guy, he's like 52 years old. But um, so, they wrote, they wrote a book called Exo Vaticana, which deals with kind of the Catholic Church's obsession with extraterrestrial activity, and there's a long history, even going back into the middle, way before the Middle Ages, of the Catholic Church having doctrine on it. We did find extraterrestrial life, that what we would do about it, and actually, um, under that, under the Catholic doctrine, all things that God could do, He would do. So if He could create life on other planets, He would create life on other planets, because the nature of God is, at least according to them, which I don't agree with, but according to them, their definition of the nature of God says that um, because He has to expound upon everything He could possibly do to to glorify His name, He would. So they've always had a doctrine of of, of that there is ET out there and that they are most likely benevolent, um, yada yada yada. Okay, so I started reading this book, started doing some more research on it into what you know. Obviously, you know, um, people are seeing something, whether it's. Uh, actual aliens, extraterrestrials, or whether they're demonic entities, there's a debate going on. I fall into the, the category of demonic entities. Um, but uh, for more, um, actually scientific reasons, what I can go into if you want me to later. But, but basically, and, you know, some people think that aliens are from other planets, that they actually traveled here. Some people think they're interdimensional, which I would say that they're just demonic. Okay. Um, so I started doing all this research and, and, and reading that book and some other material and from other guys. And it's really well-written. And I, I think it's a good book for your listeners that, you know, if they're into it, if they think that might be interesting, this is actually very interesting. The book, um, that's so but, um, I started having bad dreams and, uh, demonic dreams, um, and, um, like dreams with gray aliens in them and stuff. And I had never now, now I'm thinking, okay, I'm just this book. It's kind of this weird book, and it's talking about aliens and stuff. That just makes sense, you know. When you sometimes when you dream, you sleep, you're just trying to work out stuff. But it was more than just, our, you know, subject matter dreams about aliens. You know, it was it was they were scary, very very scary. Um, and so this all culminated. And I actually stopped reading the book after this because it freaked me out so much. <laughs> um, like I said, about eight months ago, I'm in my bed. I wake up. I'm just, I just, like the, that the presence, like I said, chocolate cake, I smell it, I know what it is, the demonic presence is in my room, and I feel something pulling at my legs, and I look over, and there are two um, small gray entities pulling at me, and they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed, and it was almost like, it was it was beyond physical i don't even know how to describe it it wasn't that some pulling on my sheets or pulling on my foot it was like almost like pulling at my being and i immediately i couldn't get anything else out but yeshua which is jesus in hebrew and i just said y- yeshua yeshua like that and i start screaming and they disappeared boom gone and my wife wakes up and she said what's going on like what happened what happened and And I just, I I had a bad dream, I had a bad dream, but I was totally awake. And, um, after that, I walked through my whole house and and I just prayed and, and, um, called for protection over my house. And, and, uh, it was extremely frightening. Now, um, I'm sure some, some people who believe in alien abductions say I might've been trying to be affected. I don't believe that at all. Um, but, uh, that's, that that was the experience. Extremely frightening. I mean, I'm just thinking about it now I'm, I'm sweating, but that's what happened.
0: Wow. So these, these gray entities, did they look like your classic grays?
2: I would say close. Um, I don't know. You know, they were probably, I feel like they were smaller. Maybe, maybe they were, they were probably two and a half, three feet tall. I don't know what your classic gray alien size is, you know, <laughs> but, um, they didn't, they seemed more transparent. They, they, they were definitely transparent. I mean, more um, ghost-like, if you will, um, less less, more spiritual than more spiritual than physical, if that makes sense. Um, so I know a, a lot of times descriptions you know, people see Gray as very physical, very flesh and blood kind of a entity. This was not like that.
0: Uh, yeah. So when when they were pulling at you, could could you physically feel them pulling at you? Well, that was the
2: weird thing is that it's not like this is what I, I can't even, it's hard to describe, but I say it was almost like they were point, it was almost like they were pulling at my spiritual self, my non-physical body. Like, but the weird thing is when my, my, my leg was, was being pulled off the bed, but it's almost like they weren't totally physical. So what they were pulling on as far as, what I was connected to wasn't totally physical either. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to describe.
0: It kind of does. Because if you rewind a little bit in the show and how you talked about what we're made up of, you know, two thirds, you know, our um, physical, spiritual, and uh, our soul. Is that what, That's what you said, right? Right. Okay, so right. If, if if they're pulling at something that's not in the physical but still part of part of us, that, that kind of makes sense with how you described it. You know, they're pulling at you, but just not the physical part of you. Something else, right? I don't. I don't know if that's theologically correct. I don't. Know, <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it's uh, yeah, just kind I, of I, I I
2: think. I, I think. I think so. I mean, look, throughout Scripture, we see time and time again. You know, we're mind, body, and spirit, uh, and our flesh is is just um, a very small portion of of our being. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, the, the Saul, you know, Shaul, the apostle Paul is mostly people know him, by, he, um, he talks about lots of things regarding the flesh and, and the spirit. You know, he, when he talks about sin, he's talking about how he, you know, he, he, in his spirit, he doesn't want to sin, but his, in his flesh, he's sin. And so basically, you know, the physical nature of us and how we are the state that we're in after the fall of man. You know, our physical body just wants to sin, even though our spirit are, is willing, you know, he says as the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. So, I mean, there, there's this weird, you know, um, triunity about us that we are physical and we are spiritual and they're commingled in like this perfect, um, you know, relationship, but they're separate at the same time. And that's, you know, a lot of, ta- a lot of, a lot of times people talk about God that way and uh, a very jewish concept by the way of of god being a unity in nature and and he's 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 triune in nature he's he's spirit he's he's um uh Shekinah, Shekinah, which is uh the glory which is the second part part of the of the of the godhead and then there's there's yahweh the father so but they're all one uh, which in, in hebrew we call ehad so it's a term that means un- unity one many in one so i mean that's you know, I am yapping on and on about this, but yeah, I, I it does kind of make sense, I guess.
0: <laughs> okay. No, I mean I appreciate you going into the details stuff because I mean that's information that, you know, I don't really come across a ton and I'm sure not a lot of people do. So, you know, we're here for educational purposes as well. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. Well have you heard about uh the Pope st- uh stating that he would baptize aliens if he i guess had the opportunity to do or something like that. Have you heard about that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was more of a recent you know headline with uh the current pope um but um it's not a new concept. I mean, this is something that the Catholic Church has always I mean, this is something you can find in in, in Catholic uh dogma going back um probably a thousand years. And uh it's not farther. Um but but certainly since the middle ages or before the middle ages. Um, and, uh, so yeah, he came out about it, but, you know, actually I talked to a Catholic priest, um, maybe four or five months ago, we, we had a, a guy came in and talked to our group at, um, at UNCW and he's a Catholic priest and somebody asked him about that. And he said, and he volunteered the information. Go, oh yeah. He's like, oh yeah, that's a common, yeah. I mean, it's not controversial. That's what Catholics have always thought. And so, um, yeah, they just think that now, I think he, he might have said something to the effect of wanting to change some—kind some, some kind of get ready for the inevitability of it, if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, it, it's not something bizarre to the Catholic world, if you will.
0: That's really interesting, because I thought that, that was something new, but apparently that's something that's been t- taught for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, from yeah. your perspective, when it comes to that, you know, L.A. Marzulli talks a lot about, you know— the fact that aliens will come, but they're gonna say that you know we put you here thousands of years ago and or millions of uh-huh. years ago, and we planned you here, and we're here to fix the species of humanity because you guys royally messed it up and what What are your thoughts on that that line of thinking that you know aliens do exist to obviously to a certain extent, you definitely believe that they exist because you saw grays in your room, but just the definition of what you saw differs from other people. But do you think it's it, it, that's maybe a narrative that could play out where, you know, that we do see aliens come to this earth, you know, with a certain message? But uh, I don't know like how to frame that question other than just throwing it sure. out there and seeing what, what you want to do to, with reaction to it.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a very popular. Um... Line of thinking within uh, Darwinian evolutionistic evolution I can't even say this anymore um, evolutionistic thinking and it's something that Richard Dawkins has talked about and other atheists have talked about and it's a concept of panspermia that is that aliens planted life on this planet and and then they could they're going to come back or or maybe this is them trying to come back and contact us you know um, so. Um, will that play out in the future? It may. It may play out in the future as, as entities coming and saying that they are something, but they're not. I would. I wouldn't. I would. I don't think that they're physical beings. I don't think that it's just this other kind of race of humanoid out there in the great expanse of the universe. Um, um, but you know, there's there's something called the Great Deception in, in the Bible, and Jesus talks about it, and basically that every person will fall away. Um, if it you know even the elect if it were possible, it is even believers uh in uh, the God of Israel if it were possible um but the reason why I reject the idea that there's a physical humanoid entity out in the universe um actually has nothing to do with um scripture uh and I you know Michael Heiser, who we had on our program and i've, I've discussed with this with this topic with him and personally. Is um, that is off the air, so uh, I won't quote him or anything like that. But um, basically, you know, he doesn't have a problem with there being ET out there in the universe. Um, and and I, I would like to maybe discuss that with him further because the scientific impl- implications of the possibility of that happening are so remote that really no one takes it seriously. And what I mean by that is is that if you just consider our planet. Okay, there's something known as the anthropic principle, which basically states that we live in a zone perfectly created for life as we know it of every shape and kind. So where our planet is, the size it is, the distance from the sun, the other planets in our solar system, and even the distance of each star from each other in relation to us in the entire universe is perfect for life on this planet, okay? So if you did all the math, uh, which I'm not a mathematician about, I've read a lot about how they come up with this number, but there was an article recently released, and and, uh, I can't remember the name of the article, but people can Google it, I'm sure. But the probability of Earth existing, how we exist for life, there should be exactly 0.7 planets in the entire universe that have what we have. So in other words, the probability of Earth existing is less than 1%. I'm sorry, there should be less than one planet Earth in the the solar system. There should be 0.7 planet Earth. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) So the, the probability of even us existing isn't a probability. So when you extrapolate that out, the probability of another one is so remote that you would have not only one alien culture, but it seems multiple alien cultures. If you look at how they, all the different descriptions of them, the different kinds of crafts that they have, um, all that kind of stuff, it seems that there would be multiple civilization of alien life in the universe, which even just mathematically is so far beyond the realm of probability, it's, it's really even tough to entertain. Um, And so that's kind of where I come in on the whole, is ET physical? Is it it an actual living, breathing, physical entity in the universe? I think just on the basic facts that we can even tangibly get our hands on, you'd have to say no.
0: Wow. I've never heard that before. I mean, literally, us here on planet Earth, according to just the, the numbers, math, defies literally all odds. You know, like we, yeah. we mathematically shouldn't exist. That's right. <laughs> that's pretty incredible, actually.
2: It, I mean, the, the, there are numbers. Um, John Lennox. I would, I would encourage everybody to to get a hold of some of his material. He's a he's a pure mathematician. He's a professor at Oxford, um, and uh, he's an apologist. So he writes a lot of material, kind of basically defending the, the that God exists and. He's debated Richard Dawkins, and you can find that on YouTube. Um, pretty fascinating. He debated him a couple times, but anyway, um, he talks about just the initial, the, the the initial beginnings of the universe. Whether you think it was the Big Bang or what do you think it was, so so scientists say it was the Big Bang that, that caused it, or whether you think it was creation, whatever it doesn't matter. The initial um, circumstances for the Big Bang, the probability of those initial circumstances existing. Um, that is, once you have space, time, and matter. So how do you even get space, time, and matter? Unless you're a theist, there's no way of getting to that. There, you cannot have something from nothing. It, it's impossible. Um, so what's the definition of nothing? What, As Aristotle said, what rocks dream about. Okay, that's the definition of nothing. Nothing. Okay. So, but the initial condition, if the probability of those happening, If you were to begin to write the number, so it's 0.000000, and you just started writing zeros for the probability of this happening. If you began to write the number, there would not be enough particles in the universe that if you wrote a zero on every particle, there would not be enough particles in the universe to write the number. That's the kind of probabilities that we're talking about. It's probabilities that only exist in math because math is infinite.
0: That's incredible. (laughs) That's incredible! Wow, what was his name again? John Lennox. John Lennox. Wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm personally going to definitely look him up and stuff. That's great stuff.
2: Oh man, he, there's tons of great YouTube stuff for you while you're driving. Perfect. Perfect. Trust me, you, you'll be you'll be you'll be very highly entertained for sure.
0: The more listening material, the better. The better my day is. Right. <laughs> so let me ask you real quick here, rewinding a little bit to this most recent experience you had. Uh, your wife. You know, you initially told her it was just a dream. You know, and you walk her in the house, praying over the house. At what point did you tell your wife what you experienced, and what was her reaction? I'm assuming underneath the content of or the context that I'm assuming you told your wife.
2: Yeah, I didn't tell her. (laughs) (laughs) If she listens to this, she'll find out. Um, you know, I I think that um as a husband, as a father. I think there's certain burdens that you have to bear sometimes. And, um, you know, I, I, and, and there's stuff that, that, that happened to me when I was a kid that, um, you know, I, I just now getting around to tell her about, because, you know, it's just some things are buried so deep and some things are so scary. I think sometimes that uh, personally speaking, I, I think I would just rather carry them and burden them than frighten her or, or my children or something like that, you know, now if something like that happens to them, then I can better deal with it. I can say, okay, here's my story. This is what happened. This is what I think what happens. This is, this is how you deal with it. You know? So yeah, to answer your question, she doesn't know.
0: Wow. I think other, other people
2: know, I, I have friends of mine, you know, other, other, uh, close, close buddies that, that, um, I've told, but, uh, you know, not 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 her she didn't she didn't she, she won't sleep for a month if
0: i told <laughs> her. that's understandable you know And yeah and i'm so i'm just so uh i guess chatty you know if that happened to me i can't imagine not telling Lindsay what happened to me because i just i talk so much and maybe i need to take a lesson from that and actually you know <laughs> <laughs> start that's thinking good. before i, mean, I it's speak good if, she,
2: if she can handle it and you know you bear your feelings and your, your burdens that's great and well, you know, i do bear <laughs> some burdens you know but I don't know, to me, uh, there's a line where I just go, maybe I'll hold on to this one.
0: You know? No, yeah, it's understandable. I mean, whether Lindsay can handle it or not, I am i don't want to make her sound like a wimp, but there's some things that I think I probably tell her that she wishes I never did tell her. Let's put it that way. No. <laughs> right. Because there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of things that, you know, and maybe one day I'll get to it on one of my shows where it's relevant, but I have, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information out there that I've come across from sources, not just people on the internet or anything like that. Like literally people that I've talked to, I know who are in the know. And there are things that I I just, I know that I'm not supposed to know. And I go and I tell my wife and afterwards you're like, Oh, should I have told her that? But then they're like, well, it's my wife. I can tell her (laughs) anything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's wisdom in protecting. (laughs) and protecting the spouse um but man i really appreciate (laughs) you coming on here uh is there anything you'd like to you know say parting you know ending the show tonight well
2: yeah you know um i know you do a lot of a lot of stuff on sasquatch which i appreciate and uh, you know we're both fans of Wes's show um, sasquatch chronicles right um and uh, i'm actually uh, toying with the idea of writing a book um called bigfoot and jesus and um I think that uh, you know, I think that there's incredibly good evidence, um, even secular evidence, uh, for the historicity and uh, death and resurrection of this person known as Jesus of Nazareth. Um and if you compare but also at the same time, a lot of times you start talking about Jesus to somebody, this is most people, and they and they just it might as well you be you talking to them about your experience with Bigfoot, okay? I mean there's that same level of um absurdity, denial, you're a kook, you're crazy. Um, there's the same level of uh yeah, absurdity, if you will, in people's minds because it's just become this joke in everyday culture. Jesus is a a, a swear word. It's not he's not a, a Lord and savior, you know. Bigfoot is a is a joke for uh a a, a beef jerky commercial you know it's not a real thing out there you know but if you look at it from a purely evidentiary perspective um the case is overwhelming in both categories and so um you know when i think about your show and i think about Wes's show i often think about you know all the correlations between eyewitness testimony Um, embarrassing details. That is, people who tell the most embarrassing things about themselves with no gain whatsoever, other than it's just the truth. And the same things occur in both um, circumstances, in in your Sasquatch encounters and in the uh, um, eyewitness um, testimonies of those who, who saw Jesus crucified, buried, and then resurrected again. Um, and I just find that fascinating. And so, um, this is so off topic of what we were talking about, but you know, I'm just saying no, as, it's as far as the realm of, of Bigfoot and, and then some of the things we were talking about, you know, uh, religion in general, and, and then, you know, the historicity and whether or not Jesus is who he says he was, the son of God and died and, and was buried and rose again for the sins of the world. Uh, it's, it's an interesting correlation. And I think that, um, People might be interested if you know if you're interested in the in the subject of sasquatch um and even demonology what we were talking about study of of i mean i would i certainly say don't study demons but just the the subject and, and, and just the origins of of who they are and and how not to deal with them and how to deal with them if you will um there's a great uh a wealth of of information out there for i think the most um really important topic that any individual on the planet has to deal with and that is is this person Jesus of Nazareth is he who he says he was and why 2000 years later are there billions of people on the planet that believe this is true um and because really the information and the evidence behind it is so much more overwhelming than fastwatch yet people will 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 believe in Sasquatch way before they even entertain the idea of Jesus. So right. I don't know. I guess that's got my kind of challenge because that's the world I live in. You know, um, like I said before, you know, I have a podcast that, that deals with truth and and whether or not God exists and and the, the reliability of the Bible and, and, and um, all kinds of, of questions. You know, if, if if God is good, how can there be evil in the world? And like all these things that we that people want answers to. You know, we deal with those kinds of subjects and. And, uh, but, you know, I'm also interested in Sasquatch and in all these, you know, more paranormal things because they are a reality. They are a reality around us, which is, um, truth and truth is discovered. And I'm trying to discover all the truth that I can.
0: Wow. That's really, I mean, that sounds so interesting. I, I, if you do write that book, I mean, I would love to, uh, be, um, <laughs> filled in as you write it because I'm, I'm fascinated with how you, uh, approached it there because, you know, I kind of give it to you from a different angle here. I mean, I'll tell you a little story. When I f- first started talking about publicly about, you know, Bigfoot and everything with people in my everyday life, because for a long time, I just kept it quiet because I didn't want to have to deal with trying to explain to people why I'm so fascinated with Bigfoot. I mean, I I literally right. had a group online on Facebook, you know, Pennsylvania Sasquatch Research that was growing. And I think it was almost a thousand members Yet nobody outside of my wife and family knew I was into the topic. Nobody. <laughs> and, and it's yeah. just I just didn't yeah. feel like dealing with having to explain to everybody, you know, why, you know, I because it's there's a it's not just like, oh, I believe in Bigfoot. It's I literally have reasons and, and, and thought process behind yeah. it. And uh I, I just didn't feel like dealing with having to explain to every every random person that I'm in my everyday life with. Well, when I first started talking about it with people, because I just got to the point where actually what happened was one of my YouTube videos, a guy at work found. <laughs> and, and oh yeah, and he was, out of all the guys at work, he was the worst one to find it because he doesn't keep secrets oh, no. and he's the guy who will push buttons. And uh, yeah. I was like, well, if he knows, then I might as well just start talking about it. <laughs> but So I went out talking about it with people yeah. at church and things like that. And it, it really generated good discussion. And the one time I was talking with maybe three or four people before church started, and uh, a young kid, I, I call him a kid, he's probably in his early 20s, um, a young guy had come over to our table and just kind of first sat down, heard what we were talking about. And he looked at me with this like little, this this smirk of disbelief on his face. And he said, wait, you believe in Bigfoot? And in that moment, there were so many thoughts running through my head. They were rushing through my mind. <laughs> yeah. and, and the only thing I said was, Yep. <laughs> because if I would have gone any further, I, didn't, I, I just didn't want to go there. But the thing is, I wanted, this is what I wanted to say. Well, one of the things I wanted to say, we, I'm in a church, a Christian church yeah. where we gather yeah. every Sunday to worship, literally the invisible God. None of us have ever laid eyes on this God that right. we worship. We believe yeah. that this God exists because of two main reasons. Uh, well, maybe a third, if if you claim that you've actually been spoken to by God or something like that. But for two main reasons, would be you read it in a book, or, uh, oh man, now I'm forgetting my second reason. Or someone told you about it. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Thank you. That's, <laughs> um, but my point is that you've never laid eyes on this, this this God that you worship, and yet I'm the crazy one because I believe that there are thousands of people out there telling me that they've seen Sasquatch. Everybody has a different story. And a lot of these people yeah. are sincere about it. I'm the crazy one. But you you come to church every Sunday to worship the invisible God. And you say you believe the Bible, which is filled with supernatural occurrences. And you say you believe all that. But me saying is something as simple as I believe there could be, possibly be a primate let's just say primate let's forget about the woo woo factor and all that stuff right. i say i say that i believe that there could be possibly a primate an undiscovered primate wandering around out there on the crazy one you know and yeah. so i i just kind of when you brought that whole thing up it kind of made my mind flash back to that because it's kind of like similar as to what you were saying where it's like there, there's correlations here uh that you know if you can connect the dots with
2: yeah, there's correlations. And also, I think, you know, kind of going back to my original um, idea, probably the most important, uh, or one of the most, but one of the most important kind of gets takeaways of just that whole idea of, of the two correlating is for for people who believe that Christianity is true, to understand that when they tell other people, they're going to get the reaction like the kid at your table, okay? The, the you're a not so crazy person because, like you said, it is this invisible thing. It is this thing that we can't tangibly, um, you know, touch and, and you know feel with our their five senses, if you will. Okay, um, of course, you know, God says that his, his invisible attributes have been known to man from the very beginning, and that we oppress that we and we suppress the truth and unrighteousness that is in, a, in our own unrighteousness. That is that we don't want to know God. In our sinful nature, I mean, we suppress the truth that He exists. We suppress um, the when we look at the world around us that He created it, because it is such so obvious. I think to um, those of us who do believe that He is the Creator, that obviously this stuff just doesn't randomly happen. I mean, elephants just don't randomly pop into existence, you know. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, there's there's the whole crazy factor there that that. Uh and I think it's it's it didn't used to be that way, that's the thing. It's something that has come about in the last hundred and fifty years where God has become a joke and has been replaced by a Darwinian evolution evolution I still can't say that word, Tony. Um evolutionistic. evolutionistic worldview worldview, which just says like matter matter is all there is. Therefore there is no there is no funny thing going run around the woods because that evolved into something else a long time ago or whatever. There's tons of, you know, you're right at all the different explanations or whatever. But yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, I find it fascinating, man. Obviously, you know, Bigfoot, that's my wheelhouse. I mean, I I, I kind of got my whole start in all this stuff, you know, looking into that topic. It's funny, though, sure. you know, the more you look into one topic, how things can kind of bleed together. You know, um, when I first started paying attention to Bigfoot, online and things like that was really through Sasquatch Chronicles with Wes Germer. And yeah, uh, I remember coming across, I, I decided when I found his podcast, he was probably in the hundreds. And I decided I was going to start at episode one and work my way through it. And I got to the show with Gary Wayne and the Nephilim. And uh-huh. when I read the title, I was like, well, I have no interest in that. <laughs> and, and i just yeah. passed I, I passed over i actually that was the only episode i ever skipped on wes's show until oh, wow. yeah and, and then i was probably i don't know maybe a year ago or something i went back and i listened to that show and from that show spawned this whole other wormhole that i started going down and it's just funny yeah. how like a lot of these topics bleed together and people um I find a lot of times people try to contain this these things into boxes. And they're like, this is what it has to be because this is what I'm comfortable with. And right. by by doing that, you just kind of basically wipe out the playing field and 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 there's no rules of engagement, you know? And uh I, I just think that, you know, people kind of need to ease up a little bit when it comes to the bigfoot thing and all this other stuff like it's okay to think outside the box and allow yourself to to wander into other areas outside of bigfoot if you think it might have some kind of connection like like the whole nephilim bigfoot thing i mean people think that there's there's a possibility that bigfoot's nephilim do i think that Mm, not necessarily no uh is it possible maybe i don't know i'm still looking into it but but yeah. the point is, I, I can, I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to look into these things, and you know, obviously that's biblical stuff. So obviously I'm willing to go there. But I'm more than willing to look into the ghost thing, the alien thing, or whatever you want to talk about. Because, like you said earlier, people are experiencing these things, <laughs> and so if they're experiencing them, they should be at least be talked about. You know, just like when when I approach the Bible stuff, like you know, if people has, have a sincere question about the Bible, that sincere question deserves a, a sincere response you know? And so right. I, that's the way I view all this stuff. I mean, people are experiencing things and because they're experiencing things, they deserve my attention, you know, and to yeah. look, be looked at. So that's how I approach things. Uh, David, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm sorry. I, I, I took the last word there. Do you have anything else you'd like to say?
2: <laughs> no, no, Okay. no, I'm good. I, I appreciate you having me on Tony. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, you know, um, enjoy enjoy your other shows pretty scary sometimes sometimes i it's more like a daytime listen uh <laughs> <laughs> when i'm working at my shop or something you know but uh <laughs> um you know i i guess my last thing would, would just be to i would encourage people that um uh, you know uh, you know based upon uh, i what i think is objective evidence we have um both inside and outside of scripture that there is a, a creator God they it's created every single person on this planet for a very specific reason and they can find their peace and comfort and purpose purpose in him um and if you seek him with all of you um he, he will find you and um and that is the god of Israel the god of the bible and and you know no matter what denomination or or, or whatever else you know you want to uh pin on it it doesn't really matter um, there is truth, truth is discovered, and you can discover it. And so the purpose of life is to know God and make Him known. And all of these subjects that we've talked about fall under that umbrella of seeking truth and trying to figure out just what in the world is going on. And so um, I believe it to be objectively true that, that 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 the Bible is true and that that's where, um, you know, I, I gain a lot of my understanding and knowledge of the world around me. I mean, but uh, so I don't know, I just encourage people because I find solace in these encounters that I've had, knowing that the God that created me is is in control. And um, I understand that might sound like, well, I'm just using it as a crutch. Um, Well, so be it. You know, I I find comfort in that. If that's a crutch, fine. I'm I'm a human being, and I'm and I'm not perfect, and I need help uh, in my day to day life. Um, But without without God in your life, when you when you run into these kinds of things. Um, I just don't even know how you could possibly begin to ground it and, uh, and even deal with it. And so, um, I guess that's what I would leave people with there that, that, that hope can be found and solace can be found in your creator.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I am Tony Merkel and I approve that message. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Tony. laughs> Right on, man. Well, David, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know. You got my number, so we can definitely stay in touch. And if anything ever happens, I that happens after today, I definitely would like to hear about it. So, really appreciate you coming on the night.
2: Well, thanks, Tony. I appreciate I appreciate you, brother. And um, uh,
0: have a good night. All right, man. Take care. Bye. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me, feel free to shoot me an email at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody who's been sharing the show on social media. It's been really helping a lot. The show's been growing a ton and it's only because you guys have been sharing it around with your friends and family. So please continue to do so. Sharing it on Facebook and Twitter is a huge help and it helps the show grow so much. So thank you very much for doing that, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this week. Take care. I'll see you next Saturday right here on The Confessionals.